Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna. We are the comprehensive solution for flexible work arrangements designed to meet employees where they are now and in the future. Through intelligent software and expert consulting, we enable managers and their companies to offer flexibility focused on where and how people work, how people learn and grow and benefit and perk utilization. Our guest today is Nicole Tremalio, a pop culture expert and branding consultant who is a proponent of professional hybridity, work-life integration, and decompartmentalizing personal and professional identities. She challenges the status quo and fosters conversations that bring people together. She envisions the future of work to be a flexible one that can support your fully expressed life. Nicole, thanks for being here. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. So excited to talk with you today and dive into our questions. But before we do that, I need to hear how you became a pop culture expert and branding consultant. What path led you to this? Yeah, absolutely. So I am all about the nonlinear trajectory. And I think that telling my story is a great example of this. I actually grew up dancing and pursued a career in the fashion industry. Now I am a branding consultant. And I realized that throughout my professional career, there were always the shoulds, the things that I should do, the path that I should follow or take. And I realized I kept coming back to the things that I love. I think about what I really enjoyed doing when I was a kid. And I've always been obsessed with music and with pop culture. And I said, you know what? These are the conversations that people look to me for. I had mentioned that someone used my name as a noun for the first time the other day. They're like, this is so Nicole of me. And Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, it's like they were doing something nostalgic. And it's like, I am that person who I really love looking at nostalgia through a contemporary lens so that it can foster these conversations about how we progress as a society and a culture. And I'm just so fascinated with the cultural zeitgeist. And so that is kind of how I integrate being a pop culture expert in that I'm launching a podcast early next year and doing some writing as well. In addition to my consulting and and really the idea behind that is I help brands create compelling and memorable experiences that foster their brand loyalty and solidify their place in the zeitgeist. So basically what's happening now. And we see this all the time in marketing. There are brands that just seem like they're having their moment. And I help people really tap into, okay, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for our brand? What is it going to look like to have a movement where our employees everything really resonates with them. So then in turn, it can resonate with the clients. That's incredible, Nicole. So um, I also want to add, I think one of your potentially key differentiators is you really lean into the cutting edge 
pop technologies that are out there. So TikTok and some of the, I probably can't even do it justice, but you're always on the forefront of that and using that as an opportunity to amplify these brands. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. I am known for being on the pulse of pop culture and on the cutting edge of digital trends and areas that I help brands are in storytelling. So they're really the main character here. The customer journey and experience, internal communications, where we create collateral that really resonates with the employees. And again, therefore, in turn, the clients. Um, But yeah, TikTok, social media, and emerging technologies. I like to consider myself an intergenerational translator because I like to help thoughtfully position brands in. And I've said the word zeitgeist three times already. I just think it's really like the word that truly encapsulates what it means to be representative of like a microcosm of culture at any given moment, because any cyclical trend, which I'm also really fascinated by because of my background in fashion, I'm super interested in the social sciences behind trends and consumer behavior. Why do we act the way we act? Why are we drawn to certain trends? Why do we continue to see revivals of things? And what does the presence of that trend have to do with the now? And how does that impact people depending on how old they are, what stage their brand's in? You have me very excited for your forthcoming podcast because I feel like some of these conversations are going to be fascinating. Thank you. I'm really excited. And that's going to be it too. I think that there's a little bit of a white space in the society and culture area. I have to say, I take a little bit more of, I don't know, I don't want to say an intellectual stance, but basically my tagline of the podcast is the mix of highbrow and lowbrow that you never knew you needed. And the tagline is deep conversations (laughs) about superficial things. (laughs) So I think that sums it up. That is great. And it gets me very excited to transition now to talk about the future of work. And Nicole, how do you define the future of work? It is all about flexibility for me. I think that now in 2021, it is just starting to kind of get on people's radar that work should be a part of your life, not what completely defines your life. And I think that your company is the perfect example of how to make that happen because there was this idea before where it was really about clocking in and clocking out. And again, some people do what they need to do, but I've just found that I'm personally not one of those people. I, I go pretty hard for the company that I'm working for. And now I'm happy to say that that company is my own. And so the future of work is in that flexibility. Taking a lunch break should not be controversial. You know, being able to bring your kid to their doctor's appointment shouldn't cause an uprising. And I really believe that when people have the autonomy to make their own decisions about how they want to spend their time, the era of micromanaging and gatekeeping information and the inability to delegate tasks that needs to be over. But if you have those core values, that's something you always look back to. And when you have employees who are invested, it's because they know what they're supposed to be working for. You know, I'm a millennial and, and 
when my generation first started entering the workforce, people were all about like foosball tables and bring your dog to the office on Friday. We don't care about that. We care about like, you don't get to tell me what is important in my life, letting me be able to define my priorities. That's the future of work. Me not having to pretend that I'm doing something for nine hours a day, sitting in the same place at the same desk, just looking out the window, imagining how I could be better spending my time. (laughs) That's a little harsh, but anybody who knew me in corporate knew that that's how I acted. I always kind of acted like there was somewhere better that I could be because that's truly how I felt. And, And it really wasn't until... I kind of had a breaking point where I'm like, time to actually do something about it and commit to creating this future of work for myself instead of solely relying on my existing company to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amidst the great resignation, the talent tsunami, we're seeing that people are making similar decisions. You know, they're speaking with their feet, they're walking out the door, they're creating their own companies or they're going to others that are offering them that autonomy and that flexibility. So I think it's very of the moment that you're sharing flexibility and autonomy as as this future of work definition. I'm handing you a magic wand right now and you can change one thing about work and life today. What what would it be? I'm going to just go ahead and say four-day work week. And I know that there's been a lot of, you know, there's like the book about it and there's conversations about what countries around the world do, but it's like, we still look to so many antiquated ways of working. And I just want to wave my magic wand and have all of that poof. Everything is still in this like mad men era. It's catering to these men who work full time to support their families when we did have the mother figure at home. And it's like, no, now both parents are in the workforce. No one can afford childcare. No one can afford to, okay, so when are we doing the laundry? Who's cooking dinner? I'm tired. Yeah, You know, we still kind of behave in these ways that did work for our society 50 years ago, but that was literally 50 years ago. And at the pace at which technology moves now, We are so far behind in terms of we have the technology to support such a more sophisticated and advanced way of integrating our lives. We can control our alarm system, our thermostat in our house from our phone. We can do all of that stuff. So why isn't the way that we work caught up with that? So if we can just at least eliminate one more day of work, it's it's one more day of making things a formality. And I am not a fan of obligations. If I feel obligated to do anything, I'm like, no, don't want to do it because I believe that people should feel empowered to make their own decisions that are consistent with their values. Yeah. A lot packed into that, but I think, I think the, the world is, is starting to really open their eyes, I believe to the four day work week to exactly what you're saying about, we just haven't questioned what always has been. Four-day work week, everyone. Nicole, in terms of our acronym, FRESH, so freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, which area do you see as most pressing right now 
as the you know future of work is upon us and that evolving employer employee dynamic is really at play definitely freedom it connects back to what we were talking about before with autonomy and independence and i really think that that comes down to trust in two different ways one is self trust because if you don't cultivate that sense of self trust it weakens your intuition and if you haven't honed your intuition how are you supposed to know about when the right time is to quit your job. I've stayed in jobs for months or even years after I probably should have left, but I didn't trust myself enough. I didn't believe in myself enough to be like, no, there's a better company out there for me. There's a better opportunity out there for me. I just kind of took what was there in front of me at face value and didn't question it. And so trusting yourself is absolutely key in making any kind of decisions because you are the main character and you are not about to make yourself an unreliable narrator. There's mm-hmm. no way, you know, because whatever that voice in your head is telling you, that is what is dictating your entire reality and your perception, how you see yourself as a person, as an employee, and as a human being in the world. So trusting yourself is extremely important. And then also the mutual trust exchange that goes on between an employee and the employer. And that is where that freedom is important. I think every letter in fresh is important, but I do think with ones such as happiness, it tends to be way more subjective than people think. They think of happy as an idea, not an actual practice. Mm -hmm. You can choose to be happy in less than exciting circumstances. Like I would go to work sometimes and just have like a flat out bad attitude. And you get to that stage where you're like, oh, I don't like this job anymore. I don't want to be here, but you're not doing anything about it. But the freedom can maybe generate or spark some of that happiness potentially. Right. Because if you trust your employer that they're going to take care of you and they trust you that you are going to do the work that is required of you in order to progress, And having that freedom to be able to be like, you know what, this is right for me, or this isn't right for me and standing with conviction in that decision. So important. And it leads me to our next question around managers. What would, what advice do you have for managers out there? People that are leading teams right now amidst all the changes that are happening in the workplace How can they best navigate the months ahead? How can they think differently about the future of work? Absolutely. I think the biggest problem that I see with management is that they treat everyone. I don't want to say the same because I, that's good in terms of fairness, I guess. But then again, fairness is a whole nother term that I think is a little bit more subjective. Anyway, not to go on a tangent there, I think that the issue that I see is that they treat their employees the same as in their like cookie cutters of each other. And that I think is a big mistake because your people are your biggest asset. You have to view them as an asset and not a liability. And you have to know your people because you didn't just hire some cardboard cutout to do the tasks. Or if you did, then maybe rethink about how you execute projects at your company, because I don't want a cardboard cutout. I want like a real live dynamic committed 
number one fan kind of person. That's, that's why I focus so much on brand loyalty because I want to feel a part of something. Yeah. And I really do think that that is what a lot of employees crave more than money, more than perks or benefits. When it comes to management, you have this unique human being with their individualized set of skills. And there's a way to tap into that. You have this source of energy that can really just contribute in a major way and recognizing that uniqueness and that individuality to be themselves. And you know what I mean, in terms of professionalism, you still need to be professional, you still need to adhere to the requirements of your job description. But at the same time, right, you're not a cardboard cutout, you're a real person. So using everybody's strengths to your advantage, instead of trying to force them into a box is going to make for a lot stronger of a team. The value that gets left on the table when you don't really lean into people's strengths is maybe not quantifiable, but it's it's making your company less than and definitely your team's performance less than if you're trying to just create the cookie cutters, the assembly line of days gone by, it's not going to maximize the possibilities uh, that an organization may have in front of them with a, a dynamic and diverse team. Yes. I also think that the history of work has been, success has been measured in very quantifiable ways, whether that's your sales, your sales over last year, your value of your stock, the, it's all about metrics and numbers and figures. And again, I worked in operations, so I could go be a Microsoft Excel wizard any day, but I always say that numbers mean absolutely nothing without context. You have to take those numbers off the paper and assign them meaning. And that's the only way, what's the difference between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's no difference. It's about the construct that we apply to make things make sense in our organization. In the past, organizations would measure success with very quantifiable measures, like your sales, your sales goals, numbers are nothing without context. And when there is a lack of quality structure, you don't think the numbers are going to be impacted by that? Mm -hmm. People think that, that a number tells all. It doesn't. It doesn't without context and meaning. So I think that that's really important that we make that shift in not just reducing people down to numbers and figures, really letting them shine and do what they do. Because if people are happy and putting in their best effort and their best quality work, then of course the numbers are going to show that. What is one company that you admire for their fresh take, the way that they're doing it now? So I actually have this series on TikTok and Instagram called Brand Crush. And I say, I have a brand crush and it is on one of those edgy, fun, chill, cheeky, extra brands. And I say, and this is how you can be as, for example, chill as them. So I love brands like Chill House, which is the destination for modern self-care. Spotify is just the one that I am a personal user of that I love. Not Pot, which is what it sounds like. They have CBD products and Studs is another one where they are a modern piercing studio. 
primarily for millennials and for Gen Z. And I love these brands because they are doing things, whether it is with personalization. I'm a huge fan of hyper customization because I really think we are just all walking personal brands. And that is how you get your name used as a noun. When you just act like authentically you all the time, people are like, yeah, that is something that you would do. And so these brands have this magnetism where they are trendy enough, where they are up on the times. For example, when the pandemic happened, Chill House is a spa in New York City that does massages and facials and nail art. And they came out with chill tips, which are the press-on nails. And it ended up being this wonderful product category that is now in Urban Outfitters and Target. And it was a way that they really adapted quickly and said, this is what our customer needs right now. This is a way that our product can be with them and support them. Brands, when they support their customer in the way that the company needs to support the employee as well, the former can't exist without the latter. And so really seeing brands have fun by expressing themselves, that is really what I love to see. The word fun uh, definitely pops in that sentence. And I, I feel it coming from you that I, I feel like that's the energy that you want as a consumer to interact with. And, and whether whether you're consuming a, a brand that you're buying, like Chill Tips, or if you are entertaining the idea of joining an organization, you're evaluating kind of that, those, the vibes that you're getting from, from that particular brand. An employer brand is so important in terms of attracting and, and retaining talent for the long term. So thank you so much for all of your perspectives today. Really great to have you here with us, Nicole. Thank you. This was fun. Nicole, can you share with us how our listeners can find you? Yes. Welcome to my corner of the internet. It is at Nicole Tremalio on Instagram, TikTok. My first and last name is also the name of my website, which is where you can find info on the podcast. I have a weekly newsletter and to spell it for you, because I know it can be a little tricky. It's N-I-C-O-L-E-T-R-E-M-A-G-L-I-O. There I should go. have picked a stage name that's shorter, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, I'm Jess Pagoni and it, it's impossible <laughs> to spell. So I, I definitely feel you on that. Thanks to everybody else for listening in. Don't forget to stay fresh 